0: Okay, hello, hello, hello guys. Oh god, I am me to, to fucking out So, um, the year is over. Finally. I mean, I'm still recording this in 2020. Actually, no, there's a very good chance this may be up before the year's out. Yeah, oh my god, it's going up on New Year's Eve. Okay, scrap that, the year isn't over. It technically is, but you know, we still have a few hours left. <laughs> um and exams start soon and school and uni whatever they might not be going back in the normal way but lessons will resume soon and i've actually really wanted to make a podcast episode on like school and uni and stuff uh, for a while but i thought <laughs> i'll just see this pandemic out and then i can talk about my current uni experience however i said that back in about june it's December, the pandemic is still lingering. It even came back for a part two. So I don't think waiting is the correct choice here. Um, I'll obviously touch on my own educational experience. However, I do want to try and keep it as vague as possible. Um, so, you know, it can be more relatable to people who maybe don't study the same thing as me. Um, but it's going to, predominantly be about university. I don't really you know feel like talking about secondary school is the correct thing for me to talk about just because I really didn't like it there so it would be a bit you know a bit a bit aggressive let's say. Um but I mean I'll touch on my secondary school experience but this is basically about university and how it isn't a universal experience for everybody and it's painted painted to be one thing, um, and at least in my experience it really wasn't what it was made out to be. Um, so, I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but I study law with American politics, and... Yeah. (laughs) I did my A-levels in English Lit, Psychology, Sociology, and Government and Politics. And my GCSE subjects were like all the basics, you know, the ones that you had to take. And then on top of that, I took French, Spanish, history, and drama. Um, and religious studies was also compulsory at my school, so I took that too. So that's the kind of background I have. Um, very essay-based type of human being. Um, I like to argue clearly, I take very argumentative subjects, Um, and because of that, my life was kind of just always set up for a law degree, Um, I said that I wanted to do a law degree from literally the womb, Um, and that's no exaggeration, like anybody who knows me knows that that's what I've said I've always wanted to do, and so I did it, (laughs) so... After doing my GCSEs, well, actually no, even before doing my GCSEs, I knew I had to take history, um, for like the path of law, and then my parents were like, "You should really do a language or make you stand out." So yeah, I did two. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I like my mom put me in French classes when I was like three years old, up until I was about sixteen. So. I didn't really have to try that hard in French at school because I was always really good at it. Um, And so Spanish was just like the one that I had to put my time into. Um, And then I took drama because I've I've been acting. I don't act anymore, but like I used to do theatre when I was a kid. So that kind of just seemed natural to me. And also, if you don't know, drama is actually very essay-based and very theory-based. Um, so, yeah, I was just getting in the necessary skills that I needed, and then, when I went to sixth form or college, um I chose English lit and politics and sociology because I kind of knew that those were the correct social sciences that I would like enjoy and also would get me into a law degree, and I picked psychology for a guy, but we don't speak about that so <laughs> um. Yeah, and then now um, I'm in uni. I took a year out, so I didn't go to uni straight away. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we'll just get into the specifics of it, I guess. So when I was in sixth form, I did a summer school um, at the university that I'm at now. It was a law summer school. And I was like, yep, this is the uni I want to go to, and this is the degree I want to do it kind of just confirmed everything for me um but I whilst doing my A levels I just grew this like burning passion for American politics so I knew that I wanted to do something that would have like an emphasis on American politics and there are only about four universities in the UK that actually do the joint honours degree that I do um I would have been fine not doing it but I thought I'd apply see if I got in and I did so I went and also my university is just about two hours out of London and like I'm from London so that was another factor for me to think about and so yeah at the time my uni very much seemed like the perfect place for me to be um and I know I said I wasn't going to go into specifics but that's just the background behind how I got to where I am right now so um I started uni like what, 2 years ago maybe, less than 2 years ago, I'm not too sure. Um and I went with my best friend from school. So like we yeah, we went to university together. Um unplanned, completely unplanned. We kind of find out like a few weeks before we moved in. And I am very grateful for that. Like severely grateful because I was in a really bad place when I started uni and like she kind of knew me and it, I didn't have to I didn't have to like start explaining my traumas to anybody else um because I already had someone who just completely understood me so that was great um but I also feel like it meant that I didn't it meant that I felt that I didn't have to try to make friends and I do feel like that's why I went wrong um I try to not live with any regrets and so I'm not going to say that I regret not putting myself out there more. But that's just something that I know completely altered my university experience. Um, And so that's not to say I didn't make any friends at uni. Like I've met some of my closest friends at uni. Um, However, I just felt like, oh, I don't need to try. Because I already have my friend, you know. And I didn't speak to my flatmates. Um, This is something that's so, like, I don't know. I feel like everybody's like, you go and you meet your best friends and they live with you and all this stuff and like, I really just didn't speak to my flatmates I spoke to two guys in my flat um and that was it and it was really like uncomfortable when I saw anybody else and I'm just naturally a very shy person so I find it difficult to like start conversations with people that I don't necessarily know so that whole situation wasn't the best for me as you can imagine so I like went to my best friend's flat and that's actually where I met more people at uni because she's a lot more like outgoing than I am and her flatmates were so lovely so it was easier um and I also already knew some people at my uni so I had that comfort as well But, yeah, the flatmate thing that's completely glorified was just not the experience for me at all. The only time I saw these people was, like, when we had a fire drill. That was it. Uh, I think I hung out with one guy in my flat maybe, like, five times max. Um, But, yeah, just not really my vibe, not my type of people at all. We just didn't really click, which is fine. Um... it did mean that I was going home a lot and I really wouldn't recommend doing that in your first year especially not the first few months because I was going home and then like not wanting to come back at all and so yeah I obviously lived on campus and I would go home like if not every week then at least every fortnight which is so bad and so expensive but I just I hated I hated being there and I'm such a city girl and like you know like I literally live in central London like I'm just such a city girl and my uni is on a farm. <laughs> well it's not on a farm but it's a very isolated area with a lot of grass and cows. So I would say that's a farm, but whatever. Um and so yeah, I kind of always romanticized moving out. Like I was very much excited to move out. Um I don't know, I was just like I need my own space. Like I really just don't think being at home is good for me. Like I'm nineteen, I wanna do what I want. No, that was a mistake. When I moved out I cried like a baby. Um my parents literally looked at me like, excuse me, you have been talking about this moment your whole entire teenage life and now we're here and you're crying. Grow up. And I was like, okay and I remember like sleeping in my uni bed and just being like this is horrific this is awful why did anybody tell me this was a good idea um but I stuck it out the only thing that was really hard about being away from home was like being ill and not that I get sick a lot but I don't have the best health and so when I get sick like I get sick and I remember this one time, um I I like regularly get sinus infections like in flu season and I had a sinus infection and it was the worst one I've ever had. And I couldn't go to the pharmacy on campus because I was literally bedridden and um no like no one in my family drives because like we just like we all live in London so there's not really a need for us to drive. So nobody can come and pick me up. And I had to figure out a way to get home in one piece, and it was it was traumatizing. Like I literally missed my presentation in class because I I was like, I will be sick if you make me do that. Like it just no. And yeah, like moments like that, like when I had my sinus infection, when I had food poisoning, like I just wanted to be at home in my own bed with my parents at my beck and call, cool. <laughs> like making me soup and hot tea and stuff. And I just like didn't have that. And so, it's like, ew, I don't like this. But I do have to say that going to uni um, and, like, moving out was probably great for me in terms of dealing with my period. Um, because... So, I have really, really, really painful periods. Um, As in, like, when I was young, I would have to take time off school. Like, I have really painful periods. And... I got so used to just having like four days off from life. But when you're at uni, you you can't do that. And also when I was at uni, like my mum wasn't there like with Nurofen and like hot water bottles and stuff like that. So it was very much like, oh, you just have to kind of figure this out and you have to go to your lectures and you have to do all this stuff that you're so used to not doing when you're a period. And now I had to do it. And now I feel like I've, adapted to my period pretty well. It's still the most painful thing, but, um, like I go out and I, I like I work out whilst I'm on my period now, which is something I never used to do. So, you know, if we're looking at pros and cons here, that did come with it. Um, but everything else was fucking awful. And then, so yeah, that was my first year experience living on campus. And I have to admit, I'm not even going to sugarcoat this. It was dreadful. My mental health deteriorated. My room was so. My room was, like, in the middle of campus, but somehow in the darkest, most hidden area of campus. And it that meant my room was really dark. And it just, it wasn't fun. Like, I just found myself not leaving my room for most of first year. And, but yeah, that's not cool. That's not good for you. But that's what was happening. and. I remember when I moved out in the summer? I could not be more grateful to move out. I was like, "Get me home!" Like this is fucking atrocious. And I like went home, and I was still so depressed because depression doesn't just disappear. Um, and then yeah, that was that was a rough summer for me. But it was also the most monumental, like life changing summer for me. But it was a rough summer. Like I did not want to go back to university. I didn't care for my degree, I was just like, no, 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 that year was horrendous, I'm never doing that again, but, (laughs) nonetheless, I was back there in September, and I decided to live on campus again, like a dumbass, um, and, so basically, like, my university is quite, it's not small, but they don't accommodate for students to live on campus beyond first year, so, I bet you're wondering, Mary, what if you're in second year, how did you get to live on campus? Well, girlies, hear me out. (laughs) I was in no way, shape or form living with people I had known for less than a year. Because that's what they expect you to do. They expect you to move out of halls and into a house with like five people. No, I have too much anxiety for that. I am not doing that. I am someone who did not grow up in a big family. And they always say, like, single children, single children, only children, whatever. Like, can't use toilets in front of people and, like, can't live with other people because they're not used to it. That's me. That's me. I can't do that. Um. And also, I was just like, well, what if them like, what if one of them is a serial killer? Which, like, I highly doubt. But you just don't know. So, I, yeah, I was like, I literally called my mum when everyone was, like, looking for flatmates and stuff. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, how do I tell these people politely? I do not want to live with them. Um, but then I was also, you know, dealing with the problem of how the hell am I going to live on campus? So, here we go. Um, don't know if I've mentioned this in a podcast before, but I have a heart condition, which I don't really make a big deal out of. Um, it has put me in hospital multiple times, but I, you know, I try and keep that just, you know, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. We've all got our things and that's just mine. Um, and even throughout school, all my teachers were very much aware of my heart condition, just in case anything happened to me, they had to be aware, but it was never a reason for me to get any exemptions in exams, or like, uh, a special room, or extra time, or anything like that, so I never thought that it was something that you, like, tell the exam board because, like, I just never had that experience with it, like, I had to do my exams the same way as everybody else, and it makes sense, you know, it's just a heart condition, well, at least that's what I thought. Um, And then when I was at uni, uh, you have to like send off proof to the health board of like your conditions and like a doctor's note explaining what it is. And this is because like if you live on campus, um, you need to have like a specific person who caters to your needs just in case anything happens to you. And like someone calls an ambulance and you're unresponsive they need someone to know what your medical condition is completely understandable so whilst i was filling out this application in first year they were like oh wouldn't it be safer for you to live on campus in second year and i thought yes i am going to milk this one i was like yep 100 percent. that is the safest thing for me to do And so that's basically how I got my accommodation in second year, because it was just practically more safer for me to be there as someone who has a heart defect. Um, And so, yeah, I moved in in second year and I was like, okay, this year I'm going to do it. I'm going to be more social. I was wrong. I was wrong, guys. Who shocked? I was so wrong. Um, My flatmate who lived opposite me was, yeah, I don't even want to speak bad about her. But the most annoying person i've ever met in my life like she would just knock on my door all the time and i 100 percent understand that like that's some people's way of being like social and stuff but i'm talking like like 6am i'm brushing my teeth and she's like hey so did you sleep okay and and i'll be like yeah like how about you she's like yeah I'm just like, i just i heard some noise outside my window i'm like oh that's a shame okay I'm gonna go brush my teeth now like I do have a lecture in a minute and she's just like not reading the room just looking at me like let's go have breakfast I'm thinking oh my god leave me alone um but that is also probably my fault because I'm just so introverted and speaking to people consumes all of my energy um so yeah I probably shouldn't have said annoying but you know what I mean it just we we didn't we didn't vibe and then I had like four other flatmates who were just like the indie kids and like they listened to all the music that I listened to, but like I didn't dress like them and I didn't look like them, and so they just kind of ignored me, which is fine. That's fine, you know. In my head, I was like, "We we are the same," but you don't want to find that out, so that's that's on you. Um. And so yeah, I mean, we were all civil. Like we all spoke to each other. We all said hi. I'm sorry, other in the kitchen. There was no bad blood. Um. However, <laughs> I got sick again. It was my fault this time, actually. um I got my conch pierced, and my body had a reaction to it. And um it was another one of those situations where I couldn't lift my head off the bed. But at this point in the year, I did have friends, so my friend looked after me and was like, "Okay, like you've got to go to the doctors, and you need to go home if you need to go home." Blah blah. blah. And so I went home, and then I never went back. <laughs> Not that I dropped out. um It's just I had to recover, and so I, yeah. So this is what happened: I went home um because the doctors at my uni put me on antibiotics and I had an allergic reaction to the antibiotics so I went home and then they put me on another set of antibiotics and I had another allergic reaction so then I went to A&E <laughs> and they like sorted me out fixed me out whatever and then my uni went on strike and then it was christmas and I was like I have been a lot happier in London than I am at uni. I don't. I don't think I should go back. Uh, I was thinking about this, and I thought, oh my god, there's no way. Like I pay rent, blah blah blah. Um, and also the summer before my second year at uni, I started going to SoulCycle. Which, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I am obsessed with SoulCycle. Um, and so at this point <laughs> in my life, I was actually coming home from uni every single weekend for Cycle. Like that was it. I had no other need to be in London um, apart from SoulCycle. I would run out of my 4pm lecture, make it back to London somehow. I, do- I don't know how I did it. I'd make it back to London for 6.30 for a Cycle class on the Friday and then I would do a double soul cycle class on Saturday and a double soul cycle class on Sunday. And depending on what time my lectures were on the Monday, I would even do a six AM on the Monday. This is back when they did six AM classes, I don't think they do those anymore. Um but yeah, that was my life. And so I was pretty much in London all the time. And then yeah, I just didn't go back from November until Christmas break. And then I went to New York, and this is where it all happened for me. So I was, <laughs> let me set the scene, if I haven't been setting the scene enough for you guys. I was walking through the West Village. Um, I walked from the West Village to uh, the, is it called Hudson River Pier? Whatever. I was like walking on the side of the river. And this is when it happened. I It, it had been awful weather in New York awful like it was December slash January awful weather in New York and I just looked up at the sky and you can see like um the World Trade Center and like the beautiful New York skyline Duh, and the sun was like coming out from behind the World Trade Center and I had my Trader Joe's Mexican salad and I sat down and I was like Mary this year you have to figure out what you want and what you're going to do to get it, and it cannot jeopardize your happiness. And I was like, okay, I can't do anything living where I live at uni. I was like, I can't, there's nothing there, and I feel like there are no opportunities for me to to meet people and like become the person that I want to be, and I'm really unhappy there, and I just don't leave my room because... Like you have to go into town if you want to go shopping or anything. And like it's just a hassle. And so I was sat in New York on a sunny day and I was like, Yeah, um I'm, I'm gonna move out of my uni room and I'm gonna move back to London and I'm gonna commute to uni every day, which is, you know, just over a two hour commute. Um, every single day, in the morning and the evening. And I was like, I have to do it because I am so so fucking unhappy at uni. Um and so I did. I literally got back from New York. I had an exam two days after I got back from New York and then I like after my exam I went into my uni room, packed up all my stuff. Let me remind you guys that my parents do not drive. So it was just me on a train from Brighton to I don't go to Brighton uni, but let's say Brighton to London um, with half my life on the train with me. And this was like just pre-pandemic, like just pre-pandemic. Okay. This is like towards the end of January. And I had no idea what this year had in store for any of us. And so I just kind of packed my stuff and I was like, yeah, i And I handed in my keys and I was like, see ya, have a good life. Um, and then I went to Rome, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the story, but then then I went to Rome, um, and then yeah, so whilst I was at home, obviously I never went back to uni because the pandemic happened, and university became a thing, and I didn't participate the way I should, I don't know, I just, I, this Zoom uni is not for me, I'm just not good at it, but, you know, I'm getting I'm getting by. But it's been really difficult. Like, and I will be the first to admit it. I hate the people who are pretending that it's, like, nothing's changed. Because everything's changed. And the whole uni experience doesn't even exist anymore. But, yeah, Zoomiversity became a thing. And I had a lot of time to think. Left with my thoughts. And I was like, wow, Mary, I don't actually think you're ever going to use your law degree. which. Maybe one day in the future I will prove myself wrong, but as of right now, <laughs> me in this social anxiety, I'm not standing up in a court of law and fighting for anybody, anybody. Um, I'm sure I'll be able to use my degree in other practices, because I know it's a very good degree to have, however as of right now, the dreams that tiny little me had of being a barrister, it's just not, I'm not seeing it but who knows we'll leave that one open but yeah so i just kind of i don't know i don't think that you should be made to choose your degree and your life path when you're so young because i definitely wouldn't have picked law if i picked my degree at like 20 for example or 21 even um but here we are that's the way life is that's the way the education system works so you know not gonna not gonna bash anyone it's wrong but not gonna bash anyone um and yeah so now I'm I've been living at home since January and I just feel like I just feel like yes I haven't had the most traditional uni experience um even when COVID wasn't a thing and I was actually like living at uni and especially that conjoined with pandemic uni times I just really haven't had a traditional uni experience not complaining very grateful that I've even had the opportunity and the privilege to attend a university of like that's held in such high regard as well um but it's really important to me that like someone can hear this and be like thank fuck because I'm not having fun either um like I did the clubbing thing I did freshers I did sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, I did the whole thing. But I just I don't like uni. Like it's just not it's not really for me. Um I've always been such like an academic person, you know, I just I was a kid, like I balanced my life really well as a kid. I did all the extracurriculars, I got straight A's, like I just that was just who I was and I am an overachiever, very much so. Um But now I just kind of look at the world very differently and realize that there are so many different ways in which you can obtain the life that you want. And I'm, yeah, let me explain that actually. So what I'm trying to say is that the main reason for me wanting to be a lawyer when I was a kid is because I've always wanted to change the world and not in a soppy way or like, I'm going to be Superman or anything like that. Um, My one oh my god, I do not want to start crying whilst I'm saying this. Um my one like aspiration in life, like if I died tomorrow, I would want just one person to say, Mary made me feel like I wasn't alone. Like that's all I've ever wanted. Um and I mean I guess you could tell that by the reason why I started this podcast, but I just I feel like I grew up very lonely and um, I wasn't like not popular in school. I had friends um, and like I had people to hang out with. I never like ate my lunch alone or anything like that. Um, I just felt like I grew up very lonely and like I don't, like I've said like multiple times now, I don't have a big family. So I didn't really ever have anybody to turn to to be like, hey, I'm just going to go and speak to my sister about this. You know, like I, it was just me. And I think that's made me very independent. And um, I I feel like compared to some people that I know, I I really don't depend on people for a source of happiness or, you know, like I will happily go and take myself out for lunch and stuff like that. But I, I do think that it meant that, like, I didn't want anybody else to feel that way. Even if they did grow up with no siblings and even if they you know dig up with no friends i i've always wanted to at least touch one person's life enough so they felt held by what i had to say so they so they knew that they weren't the only person going through what they were going through and they knew that somebody cared enough to impact their life and change their life um and so that's why i wanted to be a lawyer when i was younger i wanted to be a human rights barrister or a family defense lawyer Um, those were the two things I always wanted to go into I even did like a whole internship in human rights law and cried every day because nobody tells you how fucking heavy that stuff is but I like I did it and it kind of confirmed how much I I knew that I wanted to change even just 1% of the world and now I am 22 and I realised that there are so many ways that I could do that without being a lawyer. And I think I kind of grew a temporary resentment towards law, because when I went to uni I saw the types of people that were doing that degree, and you know it's no secret that law is very white and male, but it's also very like filled with nepotism. There are a lot of people I know that do law that are like, I'm just going to work at my daddy's firm. And they were like, oh, you know, I'm going to go into this type of law for the money. And when I was, like, starting my degree, whenever I'd meet people, they'd mention, like, oh, you should go into X type of law because it's good pay. And I was like, no. Like, that's not why I'm doing it. Um, And even whilst I was at uni, like, I grew a massive love of contract law. And I was like, What's that gonna do? Like, it's gonna pay the bills, but is it gonna make me feel whole inside? No, you know, so yeah, I kind of have been dealing with that and how your degree, your passions, and your jobs are consistently made to seem that they shouldn't align. And I just personally don't want to live a life where my passion and my job doesn't align and not a hobby passion, like the thing that wakes me up in the morning needs to be the thing i'm doing every day otherwise waking up in the morning won't seem worth it and that's my biggest fear because i mean i i haven't ever had a job i mean i know that people are going to sigh out loud when they hear me say that um but i've never had a job but there have been moments in my life where i've woken up and i'm like what the fuck is the purpose like Why am I doing this? Why am I awake? Like, there is no need for me to be awake. I have absolutely nothing to do. Nothing makes me excited. And, like, I never want to feel like that again. Even my tiny little podcast is now a reason for me to wake up in the morning, you know? Like, I was having a really bad morning today. I don't know why. I I tend to get sad around this time of year. I I don't know if it's, like, the whole New Year thing. But I just kind of woke up and was like, oh, no. Not today. And it's really dark and cold outside. And, you know, I won't lie to you, I have not showered. I've just brushed my teeth and washed my face. My hair looks a mess. I'm sitting in a tracksuit. Um but I was like, No, Mary, you have committed to this podcast. You need to go and record this podcast and there's a chance that someone needs to hear it. And so that's exactly what I did. And even in terms of like, I don't think I'm anyone big, okay, before someone I know who doesn't like me, who hates listening to this, is like, oh my god, she's so up her own ass. No, I don't think I'm anyone big. I know I don't have a massive platform in any way. Um, however, I did just hit eleven K on TikTok, so thanks for that. But um yeah, I don't think I have a a massive platform. However, I try to be as real as I can on social media. Like I I'm not saying I'm gonna make an IGTV of me sobbing my heart out. Um, but I very much don't don't hide my struggles. Like, if I'm in AE, which I am in AE a lot, I'll put it on my story. If I'm if I've been struggling with something, I'll like write a post about it indirectly. I won't be like, I'm having a mental breakdown, but just so someone else who's going through that knows that they're not alone. And I like try to incorporate these videos on my TikTok, which they're really vulnerable and really like not difficult for me to make. But just I have to be in a good place to make them. Um, yeah, try and incorporate these videos where I just say like, here's your reminder that you know you don't have to do anything today, and if you just got up, that's enough. You know, you survived, and you know the, the motivational stuff. I'm even cringing as I'm saying it, even though it's not cringe, but. Um I try and make those videos so people know that they are seen. And like I was on my period the other day I was reading through the comments on my TikToks and loads of people were just like, I really needed to hear this today or you're like one oh my god, one person was like, You're like the big sister I never had. I sobbed. I called my dad and just cried down the phone for, for like an hour because that truly is like I said, all I've ever wanted to do. Um and so I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't figured out what my life path or career will be um, in order to touch someone's soul, let's say. And I don't, like, I know that we live in a capitalistic world and I will have to work. You know, like, I'm. I've, my parents are not going to pay for my shit forever. Like, I am going to have to get a job. I know that but I do feel like I'm very lucky in the sense that like I am still a student and I do still live with my parents and they live in London. Like, you know, there's a lot of opportunities here. And so there isn't really a rush for me to figure out my life. Um, and I've just said that and my shoulders have dropped because I've never said that before. guys. (laughs) I am always the person who is very much like, why haven't I figured it out yet? but I think I really needed to hear that. Maybe the soul I touched today is mine because yeah, there is no rush to figure out my life. And I think the reason I have just said that so freely is because last night I was thinking about the fact that like I'm 22, okay? People die when they're a hundred. Like I got at least 78 years left, you know? and i'm rushing now and i feel like so many people in my age bracket are rushing like they're rushing to find the perfect partner and the perfect house and the perfect career and the perfect life and perfect doesn't exist and you just chase this idea and if the idea is something that's been constructed by everybody else and put age limits and and sell by dates on then you're just chasing this idea that you didn't even create for yourself and i I don't want to do that. So, here I am just trying everything and seeing how it goes. Um and I feel like you change so fast that you don't even realize that you're changing. Like for example, I was I don't have Snapchat anymore. I haven't had Snapchat since like 2018, but I re-downloaded it today to go and find um a few pictures from a certain time in my life. And I was just scrolling through And I think I have Snapchat memories from about 2016, maybe 2015. So there's at least three years of pictures on there. And I look different in fucking all of them. And I could tell you what was going on in each moment in my life and how I felt and the person I was. And I'm just completely different. And I assume that when I'm 25 or 26, I'm going to look back at the pictures I've taken on my Instagram or wherever. And I'll be like, oh my god, Mary you know when you were 21 you thought you had to have your whole life figured out and you were so upset that you took a year out of uni and that you were now a year behind everyone else and you do a four year degree which is already too long you know and it's going to be okay like it's going to be okay because I am 100% sure there was a time in your life where you thought it wasn't going to be okay and look at you now it was okay and and this is actually a very big tangent from the whole uni thing, um, but something that I've realised and something I'm learning to train my anxiety to realise too is um, everything works out. It does. And I used to hate when people said that. I was like, you don't get it, okay? It doesn't work out. That's just your anxiety lying. It does work out. It, it figures itself out. It might not be in the way you thought, but it figures itself out like to take it back to uni when i moved out everyone told me not to do it everyone was like "Mary, do not move out of uni you will not go to your lectures you live so far away blah blah, blah. i was up at 5am i went to a 6am barry's class i got on the train from victoria and i was at my 9am like i did it because i knew it was right for me and Something that I think you always have to ask yourself is like, what do I deserve and what am I going to do to get it? And like, that's definitely what I told myself in January, and it worked out. And everyone was like, "Train tickets are going to be so expensive," and then a pandemic happened, so I didn't even have to buy the train tickets. So, who saved the money here? You know, <laughs> but yeah, it's very much like uni is a is a very weird time. I must admit that they don't prepare you for that, it's a really weird time, you just kind of like, you just go from being in school, Monday to Friday, 8 till 4, or like 9 till 3, whatever your school did, and that's your life, and I don't know about you guys, but my parents woke me up for school, if they didn't wake me up, I wasn't waking up, okay, and so my parents woke me up for school until I was like 18, and then, you know, like someone always cooked dinner, and someone was... Someone always paid the bills and what all this, like these things that are so normal. And then they just said bye. And I had to go live by myself and wake myself up for class. And if I didn't attend class, that's on me. And if I was sick, I had to email my teacher. And if I didn't spend money wisely and I had no money for groceries, that's on me. Okay. And no one prepares you for that. And it is, it is a struggle. And it's okay to struggle at being an adult. It's okay because nobody prepares you for it. We're all just figuring it out. None of us have it figured out, okay? Like we we're, we're winging it. There's no plan. There's no play by play. There's no book. I wish I could just walk into foils or Waterstones or if you're American, Barnes and Noble. Um I wish I could just walk into a bookstore basically and go to the self-help section and find a book called How to Get Through Your 20s. But that's not the case. And you have to define your own 20s. Because everybody has a different experience. Like, I have friends who have had children, okay? I'm 22, they've had children. I have friends who have moved in with their significant others. I have friends who have like, big people jobs. (laughs) Like, I'm not talking a job, I'm talking career. Like, they they have careers. And I'm like, um, I still haven't submitted my essay from October, you know, but we're all just doing life differently and I can sit here and be angry at myself for being a university student at 22 whilst people have a career, but it's essential to my growth. Anyone who deals with my mental breakdowns on a regular basis will know this. Um, I was very upset about the fact that I am 22 and I take a full-year degree and I took a year out. Like, because it would just always put me behind everyone else. And then I remember like I was speaking to my friend in a coffee shop, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready for the real world yet. And I think maybe that's why everything in my life worked out the way it did. But if you said that to me two years ago, I would have been like, shut up! You're just trying to make me feel good, okay? I'm behind. But now I'm like, oh, I'm not behind, because who am I behind? Nobody. This isn't a race. There isn't anybody behind me or in front of me. It's my life. I'm the only person in this marathon of life, okay? And everyone's got their own one, but this is mine. So I can't be behind anybody. And I think it's so true. Like I know personally that I'm just not ready to go out and like look for a house and move out and like get a career or a job or whatever like I'm just not I'm not ready for that yet and I haven't finished working on myself not that that ever finishes but you know there's some healing um that I need to do before I think about anything else okay like at this moment in my life my goal is to be unapologetically selfish with self love and my own time, and if I had to go out and get a career or I had to figure out like a life of like buying a house and stuff like that or having a fucking kid, which I don't want to do, but you know let's just put that in the same bracket um I wouldn't be able to be selfish with my love and my time. I would have to give my time to other people, I would have to not have the same priorities. In order to survive life, but now I'm like, no, Mary, you have all this time to to figure life out if you want to, and you also simultaneously have this time. Why did I say also simultaneously? Scrap that. I simultaneously have all this time to figure me out, and then one day I'll finish my degree and I'll finish my my 23 year old breakdown and then I'll be like, okay, now I'm ready for the next chapter of my life. Um, but yeah, this kind of, this kind of took a turn. I thought this was going to be solely about university, and it ended up not being solely about university, which is cool, I guess. Um, but there are things that I missed out, so I'm just going to touch on them now. One, please look at the demographics of your university before you apply and before you go there. Look at the demographics of the course. Um, I say this as a black woman if you would feel completely uncomfortable in an all-white course know that beforehand and then look at the demographics and allow that to dictate where you go um also 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 do not go home all the time I know I already said that but don't do it it's not worth it your parents will still be there your friends may not be there but that's okay actually before yeah before i finish this up let me touch on that because i can't believe i fucking skipped that um when i went to uni i lost a lot of friends not lost as in like fell out just completely lost contact with um because i also had friends who didn't go to uni and their lives took a different turn and they like i said got careers or whatever and we just grew in different Different ways, and sometimes it's just not compatible for your life when people just don't really get what you're going through, you know. And that's not to say that you can't have friends outside of university, obviously. Like, I have friends who aren't at uni or friends who didn't go to uni. It's just sometimes people are not on your wavelength when your life at the same age takes two completely different turns, and that's so fine because there are people at your uni who get what you're going through, okay even if you're like me and you don't want to speak to anyone you'll find someone this is the thing that you have to remember when you go to uni everybody's in the same position okay like everybody's either losing friends back home finding it hard to make friends at uni finding it hard to fit in finding it hard to like move out of their parents home stuff like that you're all in the same boat and even though like the uni experience feels very individual to you because it's very foreign to you it's foreign to everybody else too so more often than not somebody wants you to talk to them about it so they know that they're not alone too this is this is a big theme everybody thinks they're alone and alone in their own suffering but we're not we all go through it differently but we all go through it um another thing i'd say about uni is the socializing and clubbing and drugs and drinking culture very much surround yourself with people who align with life that you live you know like I don't really like clubbing um I did you know I did the whole clubbing thing at uni but after the first six months I was like fuck you guys (laughs) I am not going clubbing anymore I am I have the body of a 60 year old like I am old okay I do not want to go clubbing and my friends were very very much like okay bye see ya like we're for oh my god that came out bad they were still my closest friends. They just knew that I didn't want to go clubbing. I would happily go and like drink with them. I just don't I really don't enjoy clubs. Um and actually I think that's it. Also reach out, um, if you're struggling at uni. That's something I wish I did a lot sooner. If you are really struggling, like mentally, um tell someone. There are counsellors and therapists on most campuses. There is a fucking massive queue, not queue, waitlist, um, for therapy sessions on most campuses, but guidance counsellors or academic advisors, um, I don't know what the official title is for these people, but whoever's at your student support union thing, um, those people will listen to you. They They get paid to listen to you. So... Don't be afraid to go and tell someone because don't don't be like me. I waited until the day before I moved out in the summer term to cry to my counselor. Like, what was the need? And then I just spent the whole summer receiving emails from her, making, of her being like, "Mary, are you okay?" So don't do what I did, um, but do reach out because, you know, that shit is, is not good to go through alone, um, especially when I feel like when you're at uni, nobody can really see you suffering because you're so like away from your family and stuff and like your home friends and stuff so the only thing they see of you is your cool instagram pictures with your new buddies like i would always come home from uni and my parents would be like oh my god we're uni friends i was like huh i don't know half those people in that picture we were just all drunk in the student union like we're not besties um but yeah just that's probably the most important takeaway like don't be afraid to reach out And know that everybody's experience is completely different i don't know anybody who's had the same uni experience literally between me and like my four closest friends we have all had a very different experience of university i mean three of us go to the same university um but yeah we all like it's as if we had like not even seen each other in uni because like i don't know how to explain like we literally just had the most polar opposite experiences um but we're all getting through, you know? Actually, they're all fucking graduating this year, so they're getting through. Who knows about me? Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uni. Most people feel like they have to go, even though you don't have to go. If Oh, my God, if you're listening to this, and you are, like, 18, and you haven't even paid for your UCAS application yet, really think about whether or not you want to go to university. Think about it deeply. And think about the world that you're growing up in. I do... Please do not tell your parents that I told you this because goddamn, some people's parents are scary, okay? <laughs> and I don't want anybody's parents coming after me saying, why did you tell my kid not to go to university? I'm just saying, think about it. There are other options. The one thing nobody ever told me whilst I was in school is that you didn't have to go to university. And um I really think that could have changed the game for me. So think about it. Think about the current society that we live in, the world that we live in. The way people make money in this world right now, yes, I'm talking about social media, yes, I'm talking about influencers and things like that. And I'm not saying don't go to uni to become a YouTuber, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying think and I'll leave it at that because I didn't think. I got straight to sixth form and I was like, Law guys, put me in the law course, do it now, I'm gonna be a lawyer. <laughs> and now I'm like, <laughs> I don't go to my Zoom classes, but I make TikToks for fun. Like, (laughs) just just think about it, okay? Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. This is quite a long episode. I I think I've been doing like thirty-minute episodes recently because my attention span's been bad. But I had a lot to fucking say on this one, and oh, also because this will be up before the year's over, and I haven't addressed it already, which I'm I'm the worst. I honestly forget everything but to everybody who sent me a screenshot of their spotify wrapped and their podcast most played was mine or like in the top five that means the fucking world to me okay like i cried when people were sending me that i appreciate that so much and i hope that this podcast could have just brought like the tiniest bit of light into your 2020 um because it's been a rough year it's been a really fucking rough year and I'm proud of you for making it this far. Um, It's 2021 tomorrow. So happy new year. Do not fucking go out and have a party. Unless you're in Australia or wherever else is COVID free. But p- please be smart. Okay. Please be smart guys. Um, And I hope that next year is the year that you your dreams come true. Okay. We'll manifest it right now. I'll manifest it on behalf of all of you. I hope next year is the year that your dreams come true or you at least see your dreams being put into practice. And yeah, bye guys.